0: This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart.
1: We're preparing them for the world of work. 91% or something of the world's top organisations are using Teams. So when they go to an internship... They go to a job interview. A job interview sometimes is on Teams. Oh, we'll send you a Teams link to the meeting. Oh, great. I've already got the app. I know how to set myself up. I know how to use the microphone, all of the technology. So, you know, it's not just facilitating learning, but for us, it's also preparing students for the world of work.
0: That's Dr. Amanda White, who loves to audit and is my guest today on Central Station. Hello, I'm Colin Klupik. Amanda White is a senior lecturer in accounting at the University of Technology in Sydney, with a research focus on the teaching and learning aspects of accounting education. She speaks widely at conferences on accounting education, loves technology, and runs her own YouTube channel called Amanda Loves to Audit. Amanda is presenting at the 2020 Microsoft Day on the topic of, do we need a traditional LMS? The answer might be obvious for some, but Amanda talks about this from the perspective of making the shift to Microsoft Teams. It seemed to be just the change her students were looking for because the subject she chose to implement Teams into became one of the most highly rated during this challenging COVID period. But before we got into Teams, I just needed to quickly know a bit more about why Amanda loves to audit. Amanda, I've been watching a bit of your YouTube channel and I have to say, I'm captivated by the title. Can you please talk me through why Amanda loves to audit?
1: When I first launched my YouTube channel uh, back in 2012, it was just my name um, and I think it was maybe about 2014 or 2015, uh, students were asking me to make the videos public. You know, students were saying, I want to send it to a friend. I want to refer someone to find the channel and watch the videos because I was using them just for my own students as unlisted content. And um, I actually talked with Australia's first social media only PR firm, uh, brand PR Social. And I said, what is going to help me grow this channel, take advantage of the fact that students are interested, that we're looking at more and more video resources. And she said often, you know, you've got to pick something that embodies you. And my students know I'm super enthusiastic about my content area, which is audit. And so we thought that alliteration, Amanda loves to audit, um, would work really well. And Funnily enough, some people don't even know what the rest of my name is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, Abanta from Abanda Loves to Audit. Um, but it's been fantastic and, and really it's all about bringing education to people who maybe don't have access to experts, whether that be their professor, uh, my access to regulators, to researchers, so that we've got great open resources for students everywhere and that they can, you know, faculty as well can take advantage of of the stuff that I create. And I love technology, so this has been a really great journey for me.
0: You're going to be presenting at a Microsoft event very soon, and the title of your um, the title of your presentation is "Do we need a traditional LMS?" And that kind of ties into the this whole YouTube thing as well. But we're not here to talk about YouTube. Uh, The thing I would like to suggest, though, is that after having seen the development of LMSs in education over the last, I guess, 10 or 15 years, a lot of them might seem or like to think of themselves now as being quite mature. Um, So the question that you're asking could seem a little strange or perhaps controversial. What do you make of that? What led you to ask the question?
1: I think what led me to ask the question was my engagement with students. So those of us who work a lot in education know that engagement is often the key to help develop students' understanding. And we would have classes and we would have a discussion board um, on our LMS and it was just crickets. You know, there were tumbleweeds blowing by. I would try (laughs) and encourage discussion and colleagues would say, oh, yeah, I have lots of discussion because I don't have a lot of content on my lecture slides or I don't record anything. So students can't go back to anything. So they have to ask questions on the discussion board. And I had a very different approach. I've always recorded as much of my content as possible. I have a lot of non-English speaking students. I have students that have a lot of responsibilities in terms of caring and work, and that's only become exacerbated through COVID. And students just didn't like using our discussion boards teach final year university students but what they did like was Facebook and one semester we trialed a Facebook study group I monitored it um, and we had hundreds of posts and students answering each other's questions and much more discussion than I ever managed to generate on an LMS discussion board and I wasn't sure if it was just me I tried a whole range of different things um, I rate very well, you know, in, in teaching evaluations. So I thought, okay, I must be a, a reasonable teacher. Why <laughs> can't I get this to work? Um, and students said they like social media because they have it on their phone.
0: Yeah, it's it immediate, isn't it?
1: Them. It's immediate. Um, they can tag each other or the teacher. And so using Facebook was a really great way to sort of get into this idea of social learning and creating more of a social learning environment. But I knew that it did come with restrictions. So some students didn't want to be on social media. It had to be somewhere else to go other, rather than our LMS. But the LMS was really just a big repository for information. Mm. Um, and so, you know, really it was about how do I create a learning environment where people are keen to talk to each other, they can get answers quickly, and we create this feeling of learning together. Because for third-year students at university there, Usually they've got lots of things on their mind, um, and so when Microsoft Teams came out, and I saw a demonstration from Dr. David Kellerman. And if you YouTube him or Google him, there's some he's doing amazing stuff in terms of Teams and education. And he said, "Oh look, you know, there's an app. Uh, students can tag each other. You can tag the cohort. Uh, you can react with an emoji. So even something simple like liking something." or hearting something. So students will do a task. I will heart on the best responses. And they're Mm. like, oh, okay, these are the ones I know are really great. And so we shifted, well, I shifted to Teams for teaching in entirety um, because I wanted to create more of that social learning community. And with COVID, you know, we'd started this project before COVID and COVID has just exacerbated the need to create this feeling of community. And I couldn't post a GIF in my mind, my <laughs> emojis didn't work. Um, it was lots of clicking. It wasn't mobile friendly. So, yeah. you know, my discussion at the Microsoft EDU day is really going to be about talking about why students are enjoying it. Hmm. And students that I have are, are really um, enjoying it. They rate um, the outcomes, they feel like a part of a community, even if it's post a GIF about how you're feeling today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that whole process um, just makes them feel like they're part of something, even if when they come to class, they never turn their webcam on, um, they never post a question, but they might react to questions or react to other people's posts. Yeah. They're really enjoying it as this one stop shop where everything is just all together in the one place.
0: So we've talked quite a lot there about the human interaction part and how quickly and easily you can react to people. And I, that's obviously a very important part of it. But if we could just wind back a little bit when we're thinking about an LMS versus this emerging use of teams, from a teaching and learning perspective, what, what really are the key things that we're looking for in terms of being able to exchange information? Because I think that's what the LMS is trying to do. They're trying to create this kind of electronic version of me giving stuff to students and them giving stuff back to me. So what are those elements?
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to you know that learning management system, you know, I still think there's excellent value where you need to scaffold learning, where you want to have uh, students complete tasks before other tasks. And in some situations, that can be really important for the learning journey of the individual student. Um, I think You know, there needs to be a way to hold information, to be able to have students ask questions, but also to facilitate more interactive work and more collaborative work. And that was the thing that we struggled with in an LMS. Obviously, we could use Google Docs or shared sort of um, technologies there. And I'd sort of integrated Google into my LMS activities to try and create more of that sharing and interaction. But... The whole feel, I guess, of the LMS, uh, it just felt not mobile friendly. And so when we think about learning today, we've got to think about where students are learning. Mm. Um, And in New South Wales, when we had remote uh, schooling and I was supervising my seven-year-old, we didn't have a computer for him to use. I have a computer for work, which I needed to use. And so we needed to have – I had to buy a tablet device so that he could access – all the things that he needed. Um, and so it's about making sure that whatever we put together in the LMS for content distribution, for collaboration, and you know, needs to also be accessible on different types of devices so that we're not creating equity issues yep. um, within using a particular LMS. And some of them just aren't terribly tablet-friendly, <laughs> um, especially if you're thinking about... Uh, you know, that K 12 type time as well. University is very different. Every yep. student has a laptop that's yep. fairly standard. Um, but I think that would be a very different proposition if I thought I need to buy my seven-year-old a laptop to be able to do a lot of these things.
0: Something I've always found interesting when I'm in a classroom situation is I think, okay, I'm here, the students are here, and we're learning together. So why do I need an LMS now? We're all here, <laughs> and I, look. I, I know there's probably a very good answer to that, but it's a, it's a question that popped into my head. And so, um, the, the thing I'm curious about is, at the moment, with COVID being so uh, you know so much on everyone's minds, we forget that a lot of learning happens in person. So, how does that work? I mean, do do you find that Teams is also effective for when you're actually physically meeting with students?
1: Um, I think. That's a really interesting question. And I think the reason why when in the past we were like, well, learning is a face-to-face thing. I come to class, I bring all my materials, I provide those to students. But what we're seeing more, and I think changes in how we prepare students for learning also comes into this. So, you know, we I'm sure you would have talked about the flip classroom on your podcast mm-hmm. and the fact that we're thinking about flipping. Flipping is a technology, is a process that requires more technology to be able to store lessons, hold materials that students can do outside of class, so that then they can come to class to do more active um, learning type of activities. And so, you know, for me, for Teams, Teams was there so that when we weren't going to be face to face and physically present, we could still be digitally connected. So that's what students like about my particular style of teaching, is that I'm always able to be reached, I'm connected with them. Um, And so while I had planned out to teach our first semester face-to-face and Teams was going to be the support for outside of class, it would also allow us to, within class, say, okay, everyone, today, here's the announcement for today's workshop. In that announcement, you'll find all the files. Yes, they're stored you know, in the team in a folder structure, but here's the first place that you can link to it. We're doing a collaborative PowerPoint presentation today. Yeah. All right, each table is doing something different. Jump into the document um, and work on it together. So for us, it's really integrating it. Um, and I think for me especially, because we're seeing more and more flipped learning, more online content, more accessing on demand, That is really facilitating the need more for a learning management system in that other space, that K-12 space. We've always had them at university because students (laughs) have huge textbooks, PowerPoint slides, uh, test banks, they're taking notes. It's a little bit different than the school structure, but I think we're seeing a bit of a convergence, actually. So there are some things that we're starting to pick up in Uh, higher education from K-12. And I wonder if you know the LMS is one of those things that's coming from higher education more into that K-12 type space.
0: More from my discussion with Amanda in just a moment. To hear another great story about how Microsoft Teams is being used in K-12 education, check out my discussion with Nathan Richards. He's a Microsoft innovative educator. Who spends his time helping teachers and students in Catholic schools in Queensland get the most out of Microsoft Teams.
1: They're using the technology and realizing that they can actually use their peers to help each other learn so inadvertently then that crosses over into the classroom space when the technology isn't being used you know and and, and that can be a you know a skill for some students that can be you know difficult to learn but they have a lot of confidence first to try it in an online space and then it builds up their confidence and you start to see that you know, unfolding inside the classroom as well.
0: To find that interview, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app. So what you're suggesting is that perhaps we're not seeing the sun setting on the LMS, but we're seeing people say, All right, so here are the limitations of the LMS and here are the benefits of something like Teams. How do we make those two things come together? And I guess the first thing that I would suggest is when you're teaching a class where there's a remote component and you've got an LMS with structured content, let's say you run a session which is online or even if it was in person, often I find 10 or 15 minutes after the lecture or after the lesson, depending on my context, I just want to say, Oh and by the way, <laughs> you know. Oh, and Don't forget. Yeah, and here's something I wanted to say. And and I just find that the the LMS environment just isn't great for that. You got to log in, you got to go to your class, you got to create an announcement whereas as soon as I open my computer, Teams is sitting there. The class is just sitting there as an icon. I could just write it in kapow, There it goes. Yep. Is that the or kind if of you thing? you want to
1: just quick Oh, I'm just going to rather than write something. I'm just going to press the meet now button. And I'm just going to start a meeting and record myself. And then it's available for students. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just increases, I don't want to say the spontaneity of learning, but I think it helps us have more interactive discussions with our students because they're happening more in real time outside of the classroom, as well as having discussions, you know, physically in our classes on on Teams live events or Teams meetings. But it means that we can keep that same sort of feeling of just going, and putting your hand up and saying, Oh, Miss, can I just ask you one more thing? Can I just ask, uh, you know, and I'm sure uh, teachers will understand this as you're packing up or it's the end of the day, someone will always come up, Miss, I have a question about something. <laughs> that
0: always happens.
1: <laughs> I never leave a lecture theatre or a classroom or tutorial room on time ever. Um, I always have to move my conversations with students outside. But you know, once we're remote learning, that sort of allows more of those types of conversations to take place. And the benefit of it is that they're immortalized. So they're in Teams. Somebody can go back and, oh, I had this question. And wow, I can see that somebody's already asked it. Here it is. Uh, with students and the notifications. So most of my students, because they're, uh, they're university students, they can choose to have notifications on or off in their app. Students who have notifications on will say, I learned so much more just by being in the subject, just by watching other people's yeah, questions yeah. and seeing that notification pop up and go, oh, I see something, rather than, oh, I'm going to have to log on to the LMS, log into the discussion, you know, click, click, click to the discussion board. Yeah. Um, I think just this whole process of it looking more like social media really encourages students to react. And that's what they're used to in their... Um, I guess their private lives, their outside lives, outside of school. And, you know, the old idea with the LMS is build it and they will come. <laughs> and we build it <laughs> and no one comes. So, you know, that, that sort of uh, approach to things. And look, LMSs do wonderful things. I've seen some fantastic stuff. But for my students and, and the way that I teach, it just wasn't working hmm. um, for how we wanted to connect with our students and you know they'll find that for us they're we're preparing them for the world of work 91 percent or something of the world's top organizations are using teams and so when they go to an internship they go to a job interview A, a job interview sometimes is on teams oh we'll send you a teams link to the meeting oh great i've already got the app i know how to set myself up i know how to use the microphone all of the technology so you know it's not just facilitating learning, but for us, it's also preparing students for the world of work, for the need to be responsive on LinkedIn, to be present on LinkedIn, to think about themselves as producers of information as well as just consumers.
0: You've touched on something which I think is really interesting, and I'd like to just come back to that for a moment. It's something that I like to think of as the silent learner, because not everybody puts their hand up and says, oh, miss, I have a question, or here's what I think. And when people post questions and they see an answer come through, it might actually be a different student altogether who can just watch that and go, do you know what? I think I had that question, but I wasn't sure until I saw the question being asked. Now I know I have that question too. And now I've seen an answer and I kind of get the solution. I don't want to jump in, but I can just I can just thumb that up or I can heart that. And I can just indicate that, yeah, thanks you people over there for... Doing all that, but I didn't want to get involved, but I just want to give you some acknowledgement.
1: I call I call it like a quiet form of engagement. So you have a very loud form of engagement, I guess, with students asking questions, that type of thing, and you're dropping into a virtual office hours. But I think that quiet form of engagement is really, really powerful. And that validates not only the student, you know, the student who asked the questions like, Hey, I got a thumbs up from someone. (laughs) Someone else (laughs) thinks that's a good idea. Um, (laughs) You know that really helps build everybody's confidence, and you know students will say, and and I found this from YouTube as well that people will come up to me in the supermarket or, or at the the mall or wherever it is, and they will say, Amanda, we feel like we know you, <laughs> um, through social media, through Teams, <laughs> through whatever it might be. And I had a, I was at my local Woolworths, and somebody was waving at me, and I thought. That's a bit weird. Is there somebody else around me? Spooky. That looking at? <laughs> Spooky. okay. It was like six o'clock in the morning. There was nobody else there. We were out of bread and milk, funnily enough. And um, so I just thought, oh, this is a bit strange. I just walked on by and it was a, a student of mine and she said, Amanda, in the class, she sent me a message. She said, Amanda, I tried waving to you at Woolies, but you didn't wave back.
0: Oh, no. And <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. And then she said, oh, no, that's my bad. I've never, ever turned on my webcam, so you don't know what I look like. So it was interesting that this type of environment, students felt like they knew me mm. and they were happy to you know wave to me at the, the supermarket, even though over an entire term, you know, they not turned on their webcam. If the person had their name <laughs> written on yeah. their shirt, I might have realized <laughs> yeah. who it was. But it also means that, you know, Students, we don't necessarily have to see the students for them to feel like they're in a community with us. Yeah. And that's something I think that uh, with a lot of academics are struggling with. Like, I need to see their faces. And you know, we can build connection in other ways without actually seeing faces. But still, you know, I think there's that um, book, and I can't remember the author, uh, but the book is The Courage to Teach, which I'm sure lots of uh, people who are into education have, have read but it, it talks about how teaching is the reflection of yourself. Um, and so for me, Teams has worked really well because I'm what they call an expressive personality type. I want to make sure that everybody is feeling okay about learning as well as learning. Yeah. And so the responsiveness of Teams works really well for me. For some of my colleagues who uh, you know, teaching is less of what they're passionate about, Teams can be less suitable because, you know, they will say, I answer student emails on Wednesday between 9 and 10.30 (laughs) and on Friday between 4 and 5. Um, And for those types of academics where they need to compartmentalise more to be able to do other things as part of their work, it just doesn't work quite Mm, as well in that type of learning environment. So it's also about picking the tool that best suits the students, the educator, and the situation.
0: Because I think you touched on this earlier as well, and that is when you ask the question, we need to ask, where do students learn? And I think the answer to that is, does anybody know?
1: Facebook it, groups, it, it seems be, like. WhatsApp groups.
0: It could be anywhere.
1: Snapchat, TikTok groups. I don't, I'm not on TikTok, so I can't, I can't say anything about whether students are learning on TikTok. But, you know, the New York Times is distributing information on TikTok. Yeah. So... That idea of bringing the students to us, I think we also need to consider us moving to them and taking advantage of of those new technologies because we know that they'll just switch off. They're gone. Like, oh, no, i not interested. Done. Um, and so engaging students, keeping them engaged, making them feel like they're part of that community. Um, I was actually. Before this, I was giving a, a talk at a conference in the US this morning at about 4:30 a.m and I talked about how relationships are really important. There's a quote from the Dalai Lama about the importance of relationships and that we're social beings. and where students perform better, where teams perform better is where they have strong close personal relationships. Now of course that doesn't mean that students know everything about what happens in my life, but they understand I have two kids. Those kids sometimes barge into class. Um, (laughs) They understand, you know, things that I'm passionate about and how I want them to learn. But I'm also reflecting who I am to them. Mm. I'm not just the sage on the stage, a a content uh, delivery mechanism. I'm also a person that's involved in a journey of learning with them, Mm. which is really important, I think, now. Um, I had an instance where students... Challenged my way of thinking about a particular topic. And I'd been, you know, I'd been teaching that for a long time. And the most class discussion we've ever had was 10 minutes. And during COVID, we had a 45 minute discussion on this concept, of which I was open to being wrong, to rethinking my assumptions and the data I was using to make the decisions I was making. Um, And I think students are also really appreciative when we can show that we are also learning mm. uh, because if we want them to be active learners, to be critical thinkers, to be problem solvers, you know, we need to reflect that. Um, and, you know, sometimes that happens in teams through our discussion where I will say, look, does anyone have an idea of, you know, this is my perspective, but I want to know what you think. And I think that, you know, I don't know how that works in K to 12. I can't imagine with teenagers <laughs> whether how that would work, but with higher education students, they really appreciate seeing that we can reflect, we can adjust, and we can learn as well.
0: One last question I wanted to ask you is I've spoken to a few teachers about the use of Teams because they'll they'll have an LMS, they've got email at their school, and they also have Teams but they don't use it. They sort of see it sitting there and they wonder, oh, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure if I could click, should, should click on that button. And the response I get is, oh, look – The LMS, as hard enough work as it is, I've got an inbox full of emails. Now you want me to use Teams. That's just another thing. What's your advice to those people who are facing what they might think is just another communication overload?
1: Yeah, I think it's being clear with everybody in the team about why we're using Teams and how we're using it. So a good example, your head of department sends out an email to everybody about a topic. One person might reply, to that head about something that they think maybe everyone should know, but they're not quite sure. Um, someone will reply uh, or there might be three or four people on the reply. And then later the head is going, okay, I'm sure somebody talked to me about this. Which email is it in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that email only went out, you know, the reply was only with three or four people. That wasn't with the 25 other people in the department. And what we've found with Teams is that Teams helps us with transparency and we try and minimize email and maximize Teams to make sure that everything is where everyone can see it, unless it's something that's clearly personal or cl- clearly private. Um, of course, we still get emails because email is the official university <laughs> communication tool yeah. uh, between executive and us, et cetera. But for anything where we want to have that real genuine discussion, where we want to brainstorm, where we want to share information, you know, Teams is that place. And I can totally understand... Upskill, reskill, fatigue, because I'm pretty sure by now we're all feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> we've had assessments, <laughs> we've had to learn interactive tools, technologies, updates come out, and you know, there's lots of discussion about how we've moved in higher education probably five years in about six to nine months. Um, but it's really about looking at the purpose. What is the purpose of using Teams? It's for collaboration. What's the purpose of email? Well, you know, right now I try and use my email only for when I'm disseminating information and there doesn't need to be any discussion about it. Like a one-way thing. Yeah, it's one-way thing. And then I'm also trying to train my students that I will check my email. I only check my email about twice a day. But if you message me on Teams, I'm likely to get back to you within five or 10 minutes. Yeah. So once we start getting our students and my colleagues into that, type of mentality um, of using Teams. Here's the file on Teams. Oh, we need to collate what exams are happening. Oh, the spreadsheet is on Teams. Jump into Teams and do it there. And the more of our workflow we've moved into that space, the less it's been emails flying around with 50 versions of a spreadsheet not knowing which version is the most updated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for us, it's been a real time saver in administration um, as well as having more open and transparent communication.
0: Well, Amanda, it's been really inspirational talking to you about the use of Microsoft Teams this morning. I've really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's a great pleasure. And once again, I just really love the name of your YouTube channel, Amanda Loves to Audit. I think it's wonderful.
1: If anybody wants to learn about risks, controls, procedures, audit, uh, welcome to to come and have a look. Um, And certainly you know, in moving forward, open access resources and education and making sure that we're using platforms and tools the best way possible. Um, I think for a very long time, you know, we've used one tool because it was the only tool available. And now we're starting to open up that toolbox and be really critical um, and evaluative about what we're doing. That's really important.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's been great. You've been listening to Central Station. If you found Amanda's story inspiring, then sign up for the 2020 Microsoft EduDay coming up on Friday the 9th of October. There you can register for Amanda's session and check out the other great topics being presented. And to hear other interviews with inspiring educators from around Australia, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app. This podcast is brought to you by Central, which supports Microsoft Teams integration that allows schools to quickly deploy Teams channels for every class. To find out more about how Central and Microsoft Teams can benefit your school, visit the website central.com.au. I'm Colin Klupik. Thanks for listening.